This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of geriatric patient trauma from the trauma section on orthobullets.com. Management of the orthopedic problems of aging and diseases of the elderly are commonly defined as age of greater than 65. However, defining elderly based on physiologic age or frailty may be more clinically relevant. As far as the epidemiology, the elderly population is growing in the United States. The over 85-year-old age group had the fastest growth of 30% between the years 2000 to 2010. As far as the pathophysiology, musculoskeletal-related conditions of the elderly are common, and these include things like osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, where there are 2.1 million fragility fractures annually, and 30% of persons greater than 65 years old sustain at least one fall per year. As far as the presentation of these patients, the mechanism of injury can be mechanical, syncope, and or elder abuse. As far as medication, it's important to obtain an accurate medication list for these patients. Polypharmacy is pretty common, and anticoagulation medications are important for surgical planning. It's also important to know the baseline ambulatory status and mental status of the patient. As far as imaging, radiographs of the joint above and below the fracture are recommended, as these patients may have other injuries or adjacent arthroplasty slash implants. As far as preoperative evaluation, these patients have improved outcomes and decreased cost with co-management by geriatric or hospitalist services. Again, these patients have improved outcomes and decreased cost with co-management by geriatric or hospitalist services. In the emergency room, make sure to get an EKG, a chest x-ray, a urinalysis, and routine labs. As far as optimization on the floor, things to optimize for include coagulopathy, heart failure, and or sepsis. Preventative measures include avoiding overly sedating medications, avoiding anticholinergics, and ulcer prophylaxis. As far as treatment, this can be either non-operative or operative. The indications for non-operative treatments include medical comorbidities, low-functioning patients, and family desires. As far as goals of non-operative treatment, these include pain control and ease of transfer. As far as the indications for operative treatment, this is similar to fractures in other age groups with some exceptions. Acute arthroplasty may be indicated for certain fractures in the elderly, such as comminuted distal humerus fractures, proximal humerus fractures, femoral neck fractures, acetabular fractures, or intraarticular distal femur fractures. Adjunct or alternative fixation may be necessary in the form of an allograft, such as a fibular strut for a proximal humerus fracture. Multiple implants may be necessary, as well as locking technology, such as in the case of locking plates. The goals of operative treatment are early mobilization, return to preoperative functional status, and pain control. Finally, let's talk about some major complications to be aware of. These include mortality, delirium, and certain medical complications, and we'll go into each of these now. As far as mortality from hip fractures, the mortality rate in the hospital and at one year are 6% and 30% respectively. Remember that there are decreased postoperative complications, pain, length of stay, and mortality if hip fractures are treated within 48 hours. Again, there are decreased postoperative complications, pain, length of stay, and mortality if patients are treated within 48 hours. As far as spinal cord injury, there's a higher mortality rate in elderly patients with a spinal cord injury compared to younger patients. As far as delirium, 
the incidence of delirium is 13 to 50% postoperatively in elderly orthopedic patients. Risk factors include dementia, polypharmacy, narcotics, remember that a preoperative fascia iliaco block, narcotics, dehydration, restraints, Foley catheters, and or frequent awakenings. Keep in mind that a preoperative fascia iliaca block decreases the overall narcotic use. Again, preoperative fascia iliaca blocks decreases overall narcotic use. As far as treatment for delirium, co-management with a geriatric or hospitalist team is imperative, reorientation is a common practice, minimizing narcotics, early mobilization, and timely removal of catheters. As far as medical complications to be aware of, things like pneumonia, pulmonary embolism, deep venous thrombosis, pressure ulcers, myocardial infarction, and or stroke. And just one final point to reiterate, orthopedic geriatric co-management of trauma patients has been demonstrated to yield decreased mortality, postoperative complications, time to surgery, and length of stay. There are conflicting results on the length of stay. There seems to be improved postoperative mobility at four months with an orthopedic geriatric co-management of trauma patients. There also seems to be improved postoperative mobility at four months with the use of an orthopedic geriatric co-management. Since this is a relatively short topic, let's do two quick questions to end this review session. And the first question reads, An 85-year-old woman is found to have an isolated left hip fracture after a fall from standing. All of the following have been demonstrated to be a benefit of an orthopedic geriatric co-management service except, and the choices are 1. Decreased time to surgery, 2. Decreased post-operative mortality, 3. Decreased post-operative complication rate, 4. Decreased need for post-discharge rehab facility, and 5. Increased post-operative mobility. So all of the answers listed have been demonstrated to be a benefit of orthopedic geriatric co-management services, except for decreased need for a post-discharge rehab facility. Many institutions have initiated an orthopedic geriatric co-management inpatient service, particularly for orthopedic trauma patients. Such service assists with perioperative medical management, focusing especially on preoperative optimization, post-operative management of comorbidities, prevention of delirium, and management of dementia. Several studies have demonstrated improved postoperative complication and mortality rates, though conflicting evidence exists. Fisher et al. analyzed a prospective group of 951 patients older than 60 years of age with hip fractures managed on a co-management service, comparing them to a historical control group. They report a reduction in postoperative medical complications, that is 50% versus 71%, mortality, that is 4.7% versus 7.7%, and readmission rate to a medical service. They did not find a change in the length of stay or post-discharge disposition. They conclude that combined orthopedic and geriatric care of elderly patients with hip fractures leads to decreased morbidity and mortality while improving post-operative care. Friedman et al. analyzed a geriatric fracture center with patients 60 years of age or older with hip fracture and report a shorter time to surgery, that is 24 versus 37 hours, shorter length of stay, that is 4.6 versus 8.3 days, fewer postoperative infections, that is 2% versus 20%, fewer complications overall, that is 31% versus 46%, and lower use of physical restraints, that is 0% versus 14%. They conclude that co-management of elderly patients with hip fractures leads to improved processes and outcomes. 
Prestmo et al. conducted a randomized controlled trial of usual care versus orthogeriatric co-management for home-dwelling patients older than 70 years of age with hip fractures. They found that geriatric co-management patients were significantly more mobile at four months following surgery. They concluded that the treatment of geriatric patients with hip fractures should be coordinated through orthogeriatric care. So the correct answer to this accept question is four, decreased need for post-discharge rehab facility, which is an incorrect statement. And moving on to the final question, an 86-year-old female sustains a displaced femoral neck fracture of the right hip. On admission, she is diagnosed with acute on chronic heart failure. She is subsequently admitted to the medicine service. While waiting for optimization of her medical comorbidities prior to surgery, which intervention can reduce the patient's overall narcotic use? And the choices are 1. Fascia iliaca block, 2. Patient-controlled analgesia or PCA machine, 3. Distal femoral skeletal traction, 4. Pain service consult, and 5. Prophylactic haloperidol treatment. So in patients with a hip fracture, a preoperative fascia iliaca block has been shown to decrease overall narcotic use. So the correct answer to this question is 1. Fascia iliaca block. So hip fractures are the most common non-vertebral fracture in patients over the age of 65 and represent a significant source of morbidity and mortality. These fractures are inherently painful, but the use of narcotics in this vulnerable patient population has significant risk factors, including increased risk of falls, delirium, constipation, and respiratory depression. The use of non-opioid pain management strategies, including blocks, can reduce the risks associated with narcotic pain medications. Candle Cotto et al. assessed the efficacy of a preoperative fascia iliaca block in 30 elderly patients with hip fractures using an objective sitting score, assessing the degree of passive hip flexion, and through the visual analog scale. At one hour following the block, there was a significant improvement in all three measured outcomes. The authors concluded that a fascia iliaca block can provide significant benefit and allow patients to sit more comfortably while awaiting surgery. Collier et al. performed a prospective study of 82 patients over the age of 65 with a hip fracture to evaluate the efficacy of a preoperative fascia iliaca block. To evaluate the efficacy of preoperative fascia iliaca blocks. They found that patients who received a preoperative block received significantly less postoperative and total opioids, had significantly less delirium, and had shorter inpatient stays compared to patients who did not receive a fascia iliaca block. The author's work demonstrating the efficacy of the block led to the introduction of a new hip fracture care pathway, which incorporated preoperative fascia iliaca blocks. That's all for this review about geriatric patient trauma. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on iTunes. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.